Let's go, folks. Time for the Gibby Show. How you doing, baseball fans? We are back. Welcome to the Gibby Show's 2023 podcast season preview. I'm John Arezzi, and it's my pleasure to once again be working with my friend, the former two-time manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, the co-author of the brand new book, Gibby, Tales of a Baseball Lifer, direct from San Antonio, Texas, Mr. John Gibbons. How you doing, Gibby? Johnny, I'm doing great, man. It's been a long time. I haven't heard that introduction in, in a while now, man. I was kind of enjoying it, you know. Pat myself on the back a little bit with that. But, yeah, yeah. it's uh, – hey, baseball season's here, you know. We're excited. It it's is. like all the fans, and we're going to talk some baseball, primarily yeah. the Blue Jays. And uh, But, yeah, we missed it. Yeah, very optimistic about the spring coming up. Uh, first and foremost, John, I mean, we had such a tremendous response last season for this show. Uh, we want to thank everybody for their support and for all the listeners that were tuning in each and every week. Uh, so first and foremost, we want to thank those people for being a part of the Gibby Show as listeners. Yeah, you know what? They, well, they, helped, they, they brought us back. And, and, uh, they did. You know, one thing about my time in, in uh, Toronto and throughout Canada – I met so many good friends, and the, and the people were wonderful. And they, they just carried over to this. And, you know, we got a great response from the current players and some some past players. And, and uh, yeah. you know, because it's – in reality, you know, that's what everybody loves about baseball. It's a tight community, whether it's a fans, players, and, and uh, coaches. So uh, we're trying to enjoy that and share that with uh, with all the people out there. Yeah, and you're a straight shooter. And uh, the guest that we had last year, we'll get into that in a little bit. But what a fir- great first season. Uh, this season, we have a couple of major announcements to share with everybody. But uh, first, before we get into all of that, I want to ask you about your off season. I mean, from chasing <laughs> buffalo in Montana to discovering the snowy owls in the great white north of Ottawa, the buffalo mentality. Cool. Have you thought out yet? Who, who I am and where I'm at. Buffalo Have you Bill thought Gibbons? out? I mean, you were just, you know, every time you posted something, it was like you were surrounded by this beautiful, white, scenic background, the snow, the buffaloes. I mean, it was quite entertaining to watch your post on social media with the travels that you did. So kind of tell us a little bit about what you were doing in the off season. Hey, Johnny, though, that's what happens when you marry a photographer, for crying out loud. It's pretty active, you know. I'm getting a little older. She's she's a little bit younger. She wants to get out and do that. And she's a tremendous photographer. So, you know what we did? We went to Yellowstone for the first first time. And, in, in, uh, you know, I was born out in Montana. My dad was in the military. But so we'd, we'd heard all about it. And so let's go out there. And she can take some pictures. And we fell in love with it, you know. So we went five times last year and actually put a bid in on a, on a house about a mile from Yellowstone. And we came in way too low, obviously. Somebody scooped it up. But... You know, there's a chance we could move out there someday again. But um, and then, then we want we saw these pictures. Of these probably the most beautiful bird I've ever seen. You know, is was snowy owl. Man, have you ever seen yeah. one? Yeah, well, I saw them in oh. those pictures on Instagram. I they were gorgeous. They were beautiful, beautiful animals, beautiful birds. Yeah, yeah, I'd never heard of it before. So anyway, my wife Christy, she, she let's go. We got to go see this, right? So we went up to New York City, see my son, and then we, we hopped on a plane and went to Ottawa. So I was just right down the road from Toronto there. And uh, the most incredible, beautiful birds, and she got some good pictures, and then we came home. So that's kind of like, uh, uh, that's I'm semi-retired. That's, that's the other part. I got to keep her happy, you know. But listen, I mean, look how many years you spent in the game. Look how many uh, years that it was like you never had that chance to kind of chill 
a little bit and get to discover and see these things. And uh, now you had the opportunity to do that. Your time is a little bit more freer, uh, especially this time of year. And uh, I do understand also that aside from all of your traveling, you did welcome a new addition to the Gibby home. So why don't you tell us about that? Because you posted something on social media and it was like, wow, look, John is the daddy. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I got three kids. Christy had two and uh, but no grandkids yet. And it doesn't look like we're going to have any in the near future. But, so we said, we better get another puppy, you know. And, uh, and Christy's a huge dog person, you know. And uh, so we said, let's go out and get a lab. I'd always wanted a lab. You know, I had dogs as a kid, but. So we went yeah. out, purchased a lab, named it Whalen, and we got we got another one coming in the, in the next few weeks. You know, so it has a, has a friend. This this one will be Willie. So Whalen and Willie, and that's oh, a tribute you to you in Nashville, man. You're Nashville. Yeah, friend. I mean yeah. the two some of the two biggest outlaws in country music, Whalen Jennings, Willie Nelson. I mean, what great names for these uh, right. uh, these two new additions to the family. One has already arrived, and one is on his way. So that's going to be kind of cool. Uh, yeah, it will be. they bring a lot of joy. You know, they don't back talk like your yeah. own kids do, you know. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's very true. But from snowy owls to buffalo, snowy owls to birds of a different feather, let's uh, talk Blue Jays. Uh, we are here now. Lots of off-season moves for the Jays, John. I want to get your opinion on some of the moves, some of the key departures. I mean, uh, the team made a, a lot of wholesale changes. I mean, uh, key departures. I mean, they got rid of their corner outfielders uh, and they brought in other players. I mean, do you want to get specific about some of the moves that were made? I mean, uh, Bradley, uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. gone, Guriel Jr. gone, uh, Teoscar Hernandez gone. Uh, and and others, they got rid of one of the uh, one of the catchers that was a uh, was one of the three, uh, but they brought in uh, from Chris Bassett, uh, starting pitcher, who they needed to replace uh, Ross Stripling. Um, a lot of moves. Cam Iyer in center field. Now, I want to get your opinion on the moves that were made this offseason by the Jays. Johnny, you know what? They, yeah, they they were very active. I thought they had a great winner. I really do, and I think the baseball world kind of views it that way. And uh, you know, I think, uh, well, it all starts on the mound, right? You know, if you're going to win anything in this game, you look at the Houston Astros last year, they pitched at the end, right? And uh, yeah. they got to have started pitching. Yeah, and then they were losing Stripling, so they went out and got Bassett, who had a tremendous year last year with the uh the He was Mets. awesome. He was great. Yeah, and Reliable. He, he'd been Reliable. very good in the Yes. And that's kind of what he is, kind of like a – you know, stripling type, you know, they just go out there, they're steady eddies. They, all they do is win and they give you a chance to win every night, you know, and he was really good in Oakland. And uh, now he'll, I think he's going to do a great, great job. They'll be able to count on him every fifth day, you know, cause there was some, some question marks. And then in, in Swanson, who they picked up in the uh, Teoscar deal out there in Seattle. Yeah. You look at his numbers. I mean, big strikeout guy doesn't walk many guys. He uh, doesn't give up many home runs. He'll be a key part in that bullpen because Bullpen, you never have enough guys. You know that. that in the, you know, year, year to year. I mean, we always used to look at it, you know, if, if you get a, a reliever, every other year is probably when he's really, really good because the year that he's really good, he gets used so much. The next year, a lot of times they fall off because they're out of gas, right? And they, they regroup. It doesn't happen to everybody, but it's kind of interesting how it does happen a lot because they get used up. So he'll be a big addition there in the – then you know the, the 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 sleeper there. I'm not sure when he'll be ready, but Chad Green, just be at the Yankees, one of the most dominating guys. 
Right. You know, when his day comes, you know, I think he's got a two-year deal, so they'll at least have him next year. I mean, so that's pretty solid. That's that's just great additions there. Um, and you know, and then you then you turn around to the offensive side of, of things and, and defensive. You know, they really were right-handed dominant, um, they so they needed to address that, and they they did address that. You know, we were like that. I'm not sure which years they were, but in Toronto, and you know, you can we had a bunch of great right-handed hitters, but if if you're all right-handed. You know, you go into a series against a good team, and that's pretty good. Um, most bullpens are all what right-handed. You know, you might have one or two lefties, but yeah. they're all right-handed. So you, there's really no strategy that you have to you have to uh, do on the other side. Is you know, you get to a certain point of the game, you just run them righties one one right after each other, right? So they went out and dressed dressed that. You know, they brought in Kiermaier, who's yep. a stud center fielder, and he, yes. he can beat you, beat you many different ways, and he's left-handed. Uh, then the, then the, uh, the big trade they made, you know, getting Varsho from, yes. you know, Arizona, the thing about him is, you know, he can play the outfield. He can go back there and catch. And I'd heard some arguments. Well, you know, that, uh, you're losing Tay Oscar Hernandez is bad, which you, there's no doubt about that. You know, and I, I was there when Tay Oscar came and I love the kid, but Varsho pretty much you know, I mean, equalizes what, you know, uh, they both had very similar years last year. This way, Barsha can play any any position in the outfield, and he can go behind the plate for you. So that kind of that kind of neutralizes that a little bit, but it does give them. And, you know, they got Belt coming off. The, he's a World Series champ with the Giants. You yes. bring that experience. You know, so they got a lot of different things, and their their defense definitely improved, and that's uh, that's always big. Yeah, they're strong defenders, both of uh, both Varsho, Kiermaier, and they're left-hitting hitters. I mean, so uh, uh, overall, I mean, do you think that uh, these moves uh, made the team stronger uh, in comparison to what the team's makeup was last year? Oh yeah, there's there's, there's no doubt. You know, they got better balance. They, uh, you know, they they their defense improved. They're gonna they're gonna hammer the baseball either way. They, whether it was last year's team or this team, you know, that's the same. But I think it. It makes it a little bit tougher on opposing teams when they play them to strategize later in the games, you know, because they got them left-handed bats in the, you know, and we can't forget Merrifield too. Although he came last year, you know, which which a huge uh, addition for him, you know, and he settled in nicely. So they got a good team, and you know what they're paying for it? They're paying a lot of money for that team, the most ever in history, I think. So um, they got they got a chance to win it all. Yeah. Uh, do you think that uh, some of these moves that were made were kind of designed also maybe to just tweak a little bit that culture in the clubhouse? You know, what? you know, it's, it's hard to say unless you're really in there. Uh, you know, because the guy they traded was one of my favorite guys, Teoscar Hernandez. You know, I mean, he's a, he's a, yeah. a lovable guy and just always did his job. Uh, so maybe I, I have no idea, but um, I will say this: their best move they made all. Of the off season, you know what the best move is? What you got any it? idea? I get rid of that daggum home run jacket. That was the uh, best. Yes, move. <laughs> yeah, the jacket is gone. I mean, oh. they, uh, that was a, a point of contention. You know, some people loved it. A lot of people hated it. I mean, uh, uh, manager John Schneider said the team was shelving the jacket in a decision that was made by the players. Um, he said it was time to go from a talented, fun team to a talented, fun team that's going to scrap and claw and find ways to win games. But you were not a fan of that jacket, were you? 
No. No, you know, I don't know many that were, but you know, it's not just the Blue Jays that are doing that. You know, you watch yeah. every team in baseball now. They do. Yeah. Some of them, they had a, a cart in the dugout. The guy will hit a home run. He'll hop in the cart. Some I don't like it. Cowboy. It's like I, I get it. You know, it, it's it's a fun game, and they're trying to ramp that up a little bit more. You know, to dr- draw the younger crowd, I think. But yeah. there's still, you know, it's like, you know, I, I, you watch games on TV. You know, and, and the team's down by ten runs, and they're still celebrating when they hit a home run. Now it's ten to one. It's like. You know, it just doesn't seem right. Put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's gone. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that uh, for most people, it won't be missed. Uh, maybe some people will. But uh, uh, did you get a It was a pretty chance? cool jacket, though. It was a look, good-looking jacket. It was designed by, I guess, the bilingual player interpreter, Tito LeBron. Uh, he's the one that kind of came up with it. It was inspired by the Masters uh, green jacket uh, given to the winner of that storied golf tournament uh but um hey listen he designed it it was a cool looking thing but it's gone now let's move on to it's just baseball you hit a home run you want to take a curtain call if it's appropriate take one but you know take the jackets off you know don't put any big uh, fluffy cowboy hats on your head don't (laughs) wheel people down the dugout in a cart i mean it's just kind of crazy johnny we're getting old man i guess i think so i think so (laughs) But uh, I, I spent a lot of time this spring so far watching the Jays, uh, thanks to MLB Network. I mean, almost every game you get a chance to see, and I'm I'm excited about the Jays. I mean, you know, looking at Bo Bichette and just looking at the team and the confidence and, and how, you know, just how exciting this team looks. It, it certainly looks like an elite team in the AL East for sure, and maybe even in all of baseball. Oh, no doubt. You know, they proved that last year. I mean, they proved that the year before. They just missed out by getting in the postseason by one game. Yeah. And you know what? I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, there's a little more balanced schedule this year. There's not going to be as many games against there the – There is. Uh, there is. So, that, you know, no telling how many teams from, uh, teams from the American League East win and the National League East win because they're not beating up on each other as much, you know. So, right. um, oh, they're, they're ready, you know, in that uh, – you know, the year that they had last year, is, you know, it was a tough finish. But the, it's going to make them better. There's no question. Yeah, the balanced schedule, There's a, those are just one of the changes in baseball this year. Of course, uh, I'm a fan of the balanced schedule. I, I love the, uh, you know, there's a lot of old school people that like that. Uh, it's not traditional baseball. But to have every team face every other team, I think that's really exciting for the game. I really do. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, especially when you know when you have wild cards, you want to you want to level as level a playing field as you can to say everybody should be competing against everybody else, right? If it's yeah. just your division winners the way it used to be, you can play each other as many times as you want. Now you're, you it'll it'll come out you know correctly, right? But you, I've seen teams. Uh, I mean, you can even look at the Blue Jays last year, right? They had I don't know how they win like uh, sixteen, seventeen games against the Red Sox, right? And now that's that's an aberration right there for anybody, you know, especially against the Red Sox. But that just shows you, you know, uh, that kind of in, in for a while the Red Sox were hanging in there in the wild card race. But that basically that losing that many games to one team kind of eliminates a lot of things, and the teams in the other division sneak right past you. So it'll, it'll uh, I think it'll definitely it'll make the game it'll make it'll make your wild card winners true winners. I think. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Of course, there are other rules that have changed in baseball. Uh, the pitch clock, for one. Uh, no shifts. Uh, larger bases. Uh, but that darn ghost runner is still allowed in extra innings uh, on second base. 
So that one was kind of like, why? Uh, but I like well, the other cases. What, what right. are they on that ghost, ghost running? They, they, they can't use it at the postseason, right? So if you, if you no, if, if, if you're going to use something that's going to be played a certain way in the postseason, why isn't it played like that all the time? I mean, come on, what are we doing? But, right, right. Know. I mean, it's not consistent at all. But uh, I've watched a number of games this year, and to tell you the truth, the pitch clock it'll take some uh, getting used to uh, by the players, especially those who uh, were playing in the WBC because they didn't have that rule there. Uh, we'll get into that in a second. But uh, I love the way it has sped the game up. It really has. It's made a big difference. And um, uh, what do you think of the pitch clock and the changes that were made there? You know, I, I understand the uh, the whole, you know, the idea behind it. Yeah, that's good. I've, I'm I'm good with that. But it will take some adjustment for certain guys, you know. It will. But it will. Uh, and we always used to preach to guys, hey, pick up your pace a little bit. You always pitch better. We used, used to use Mark Burley as an example, right? And there's so some to that. But there's also guys that seen just the opposite. You know, every team's got a psychologist now, or every player's got their own psychologist. A lot of them will tell them. You remember, remember in the what was the movie with Luck Lelouch and uh, uh, Kevin Costner and uh, Major? Well, not what Major. It was D- Bull Durham, right? Bull Durham, yeah. Out there, yeah. Out there telling them, you know, breathe through your eyelids or pretend yeah. this and that. And so it takes time. Certain guys have to relax. Certain guys can't move quick. You know, it gets them in trouble. And I just hope what doesn't happen is at the end of the, end of the season, you're in a playoff game, right? And you generally see it more in the late innings when you get the, your top-notch relievers in there and it's, the game's on the line, right? The game has a tendency to slow down because one hit, the game's over, right? That's just kind of the way it works. It always has worked out. I just hope the, the clock doesn't interfere with that and cost somebody a game. Or Yeah, it could be a strike three, you know, because the pitch clock, uh, it, the yeah. batter like didn't have enough time or whatever and loses track. And, and for pitchers especially, I mean, imagine – you know, in a high pressure game that with the pennant on the line that uh, the pitcher doesn't deliver the pitch in the time allotted and then boom. And then it could be a bases loaded walk and changes the whole course yeah. of the season. Yeah. Cause you know, late, late in the game, especially in the postseason, you know, things get tense, you know, the, cr- yeah. the crowd's crazy. You, you watch the playoff games in Toronto, man, place is shaking. Sometimes the guys out in the field can't think because it's so loud. Right. And so they back off. They try to gather their thoughts, or maybe the, the catcher's got to do some things. It just—I just hope it doesn't come down to that. But these guys will adjust. They're pros. They always—they always do. Yeah, guys like Max Scherzer is like he loves it because he's a fast worker anyway. Guys like Chris Bassett, it may affect because Chris always took his time. Uh, you know, he was very methodical when uh, I saw him pitch last year with the Mets. I was very impressed with him always, but he did take a lot of time, so he may have a little uh, bit more adjustments to make for the Jays this year with that new pitch clock rule. Uh, so you know, I don't, what I don't understand is they're trying to speed up the game, right? They lose an interest, but yet, you know, and you know, the advertising is where the money's at, right? And that's, that's the big delay. A lot of things. Plus, but, but it, it uh, you know, you could, you could go to a game, you know, in concession, if you got a slow moving game, there's more people at the concession stand. Heck, they can go get a, a Miller light, man, at the concession stand, sell more Miller lights. Yeah, a slower yeah. game, so yeah, it, it, it's Sometimes like there's advantages, there's disadvantages, advantages. Uh, I personally, I mean, uh, you know, I if I if I'm at the ballpark, I don't care if it's a four hour game. 
I'm there from the beginning to the end watching it on TV. It's like, all right, if we can get this game in under three hours, that's kind of cool because, you know, I'm watching the Mets every game. I'm watching the Blue Jays every game. So, uh, yeah, I mean, well, plus, hey, you, spent, okay. you spent so much money on the ticket. You don't want it to leave too soon. For crap. You want to get no, the exactly. Out, right? Yeah, exactly. That's a kind of a, it's kind of a luxury these days with some of the prices that are out there for sure. Exactly. Uh, but uh, other things going on in baseball, of course, uh, we're in the middle of uh, this will be the final week uh, for the WBC, the World Baseball Classic. United States is in the finals. They just wallop Cuba uh, at 14-2. Trey Turner broke open. I mean, he's had three home runs in the last couple of games. And now the USA faces uh, the winner of the Japan versus Mexico semifinal. So uh, this is the week it all comes down. Uh, any thoughts on the WBC, John? Well, John, yeah, Johnny, I've, I've I've been watching a little bit, but before we get into that, I want there's a, there's a kid pitch for Canada, Mitch Bratt. He pitched the other night when they they played Team USA, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he was 19, pitching an A ball. I tell you what, I tip my hat to the kid. You know, it, it wasn't easy. He had trouble throwing strikes. You can't blame him. He's fa- facing a Hall of Fame lineup, and a number of those guys in that line, future Hall of Famers, right? But he, you know what? He stuck his chest out. He kept, he kept battling. He kept battling, and he, he, he walked a lot of guys. But he wasn't missing by much. Where, you know, a lesser kid would have imploded. You know, and they would have had to carry him off on a stretcher or something. You know, because he would have been so. But you know what, Mitch Pratt, we salute you, kid. Man, you're gonna have a great future. You know, hang in there. It was, it was just, and I saw Ernie Whit, my old, my old coaching buddy, go out there and console him and in, in the, you know, the number of guys on the team, and it was. Uh, you know, it was good. it was good to see. So, um, but other than that, you know what? There's some downfalls to it too. You look at uh, you look at Edwin Diaz and the Mets. Could cost the Mets uh, the the season. It really could. And then Altuve the other day. Altuve gets hit, and he's got to have surgery now. So there's the star second baseman for the world champions going to be out for at least two months. And Diaz is out for the season, even though his injury was really a freak accident with a celebration. But when I saw him laying on the floor when he couldn't get up and i'm like only to the mets this could have happened too uh but it changes the entire dynamic of you know he was lights out last year now he's gone for the for the season it's crazy and yeah you, you can't replace those guys you know i mean no. he's the elite he's the top guy in the game right he's elite he's, 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 elite. he's got a big contract and he, yeah it was a freak thing you know celebrations and all that but I, we know one thing if, if there hadn't been a WBC, it wouldn't happen, right? I don't think there'd be any true. celebrating if they get a walk-off win in the spring training game. No, but you no. know what? It's been it has been good for the game. Obviously, that's why they enjoy it. And there was a lot of enthusiasm. Yeah. But the pros and cons, you know, are these guys ready when they go into certain, you know, that that early in the season? I'm not sure. And in the and the focus has got to be on the major league season. That's what people want, you know. And the, and the players are getting paid by the teams, uh, you know, for, you know, there's a lot of money tied up in these guys. And if you're an owner, if you're a GM, if you're a manager, if you're a teammate and seeing your star reliever sitting on the ground and he's out for the year, I mean, mentally it could affect it, uh, their confidence. Oh, it's going. But, yeah. So it's like, all right. Yeah, you know, you lose this guy for a whole year now. But yeah, WBC, there's going to be a lot of discussion after this tournament concludes uh, this week hey, on where it goes. It's going to be here. a discussion, discussion after every Mets loss, you know, yeah, especially if they cough one up in the end. <laughs> oh, yeah, you don't think that it's New York City. It's not, it's not like, uh, San yeah. Antonio, Texas. They're already, go, they're already going nuts in New York on the on talk radio, and they're just like, eh. 
there, there were so many funny posts on Twitter after this happened. I, I won't get into it, but there was like f- fans were just going nuts. They were freaking out. But hey, listen. Well, yeah, man. well, hey, look at, wait, look at wait, the wait, wait, and then this happens. And the Yankees. Right. Yeah, go ahead. Look at the Yankees. We're known, right? He's he's going to yeah. miss beginning yes. of the season. He's a big crazy. But that happened in in the Yankee uniform in spring training. It did. So it did. You, you look at it a little bit differently than you know. And John, as we talked about in the beginning of the show, we have two big announcements today, and uh, we're very excited about it. The first one, first announcement, is about a brand new presenting sponsor for the Gibby Show. Why don't you let everybody know who that is? Well, Johnny, yeah, we're real excited. We got Miller Lite is our big sponsor. You know, uh, we couldn't ask for a better sponsor, but they are baseball, right? And you know, it's yeah. funny that was that was that was my beer of choice when I was younger. Of course, when I was of legal age, naturally. But uh, we're glad to have them on board. They like what we do. We really we really appreciate what they do. And they are baseball. Yeah, they are. They are the official uh, beer of Major League Baseball. And I have to, you know, say the same thing as you. I mean, when I was a kid, I went to school in Boston, and I lived right around the corner from Fenway. And uh, drinking age was eighteen. We'd go to the park, Miller. Light was our beer of choice. You give us a Miller Light and a Fenway Frank, and we're good to go. So we're very excited about the partnership. And this summer, uh, this summer is going to be great. Uh, make summertime Miller time, and uh, we're very, very excited and happy to bring Miller Light aboard as a sponsor. Well, not only that, it as tastes like sponsor. Miller time right it now. Does. It does. Tastes like it Miller does. time right now. <laughs> it does. But, yeah, we yeah, got a ball game cool. we can watch tonight. Yeah, be a ball yeah. Game on. There's one every night, my friend. Every night. Every night to be Miller time. Get you a cold one. Enjoy it. All righty. So we're excited about that partnership, first and foremost. But we have a second big announcement, which I'm going to allow you to talk about now. Last season, John, you you were able to get amazing guests for the podcast from Alec Manoa, Bo Bichette, Jordan Romano. Jose Batista, Alex Anthropolis. I mean, you go on and on. Josh Donaldson. Uh, we had a tremendous lineup of guests last year. Uh, I hear the rumor mill has it that you have uh, found a guest for next week on our premiere show, the official premiere show. Uh, that is going to be a pretty cool one. So why don't you tell everybody who you got for next week? <laughs> Hey, well, you know, it's good. Well, it's our boy John Schneider, man. Big John, the manager. You know, we, we wanted be... to get him on last year. It didn't work out because, you know, yeah. uh, look, scheduling conflicts and things like that. But I think we figure what, what better way to start off season than, than, your, than your leader, you know. And uh, hey, Johnny did a great job last year. He really did. Yeah. And, you know, if you think about it, you know, when you take over, usually when a manager takes over in, in midseason, right? It's like when I when I took over, the team stunk, right? It didn't matter what happened, really. The team wasn't going to get any better. So there was more pressure on him than, the, than those guys to take over midterm because the team was still in a good position, right? So the only, the, the they it could have if things went bad, and they fall out of that, you know, every everything's imploding, right? But Johnny steered the ship, got helped get him to the postseason, made some great decisions. Obviously, you know, the players love him. You know, he had a lot of them coming up through the minor leagues, and he makes them uh, click. Plus, he got rid of the jacket. You know, he got rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, that's going to be a fascinating – that's going to be a fascinating um, uh, gabbing with Gibby next week uh, to bring John Snyder on right when the season's about to start. 
I think there's like uh, it could be the last day of, of the exhibition games. You may have one or two there, but just to get him and to see you both together on the podcast and interacting with each other, I think it's going to be a phenomenal first guest for the show this season. Well, you know what, Johnny, you know, you know what, when I, when I was managing, you know, he was managing the minor leagues, low minor leagues for us, but he would always, uh, he would always be down in spring training. He lived in the area. And so when players would go down there really early, before they required to be there, he was always out there throwing the throwing BP. He throws the best BP in the history of the game. I'm telling you, and he and he never tires, right? So he we'd abuse him, man, and he still arms still hanging on there. But you know what? He just one of a good guy. Those good guys, and then so when spring training would start, we'd make sure we kept him over in big league camp as long as we could because he was that valuable to you know he's a good and he's a good baseball man. So so I go we go way back, but you can always tell you know what. He, he had that knack. There was something in him. You know, another ex-catcher, right? He, he had, uh, you know, just a sharp baseball guy. And, and uh, you know, we're proud of him. We're pulling for him. And uh, it'd be a good way to start it off. He could he can recap spring training and kind of, you know, build some optimism for the season. Yeah, because the team is pretty much set, but there's still, you know, that opportunity for the 26th person, whoever is going to be added. But I, I look forward to that um, uh, talk that you're going to have, that uh, Gavin with Gibby with uh, uh, with John next week is going to be awesome. Uh, you know, you have been um, – here we go g- – gearing up for this season with this podcast, and I know how much you love doing this, but you also have a very busy spring because the book – Gibby, Tales of a Baseball Lifer, written by you and Greg Oliver, is uh, coming out April the 4th. You're going to be going up to Canada for a book launch. You're going to be at Costco's. You're going to be doing personal appearances, media. And then uh, you'll be back uh, up in in Toronto uh, the third weekend of April at a big sports expo show, signing copies of your book, Meeting the Fans. Uh, we'll be giving people more information, uh, but this is a this is a got to be a proud moment for you. I mean, this is a fantastic book about your life in baseball, John. So I mean, it's it's great reading. It comes out April fourth. You can go to ecwpress.com, go to Amazon, wherever you buy your books. It's available for pre-sale right now. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that process and the book. And and uh, uh, you're an author now, my friend. <laughs> you know, John, it was actually, it was a lot of fun. You know, at first I was a little skeptical. You know, I, I was approached early at the end of my, you know, 2018 when the season was over and I was gone. Everybody knew that, you know, some some of our writers, some really good sports writers in, in Toronto, right? And they said, well, if you ever write a book, you want to write a book. And I, I dismissed it thinking, really? <laughs> I was going to read my book. And I was serious about that, you know? And then things came to fruition. You helped me line that up. And uh, and I actually had fun, you know, reminiscing a little bit, looking back, not only just my career, but my life a little bit. And, uh, you know, I hope people enjoy it. I had, I had fun with it. Uh, we'll see. But uh, it's kind of, you know, I gave a copy to my mother the other day, and she was really critiquing the thing. But she said she, she? she, she, she enjoyed it. <laughs> she, made, she was she was making sure that, you know, the, uh, wasn't falsifying anything. I didn't, didn't get how many Pinocchio, you know, I was making sure. Ah, she was, she was, she was fact, <laughs> fact checking you. Fact check. And you know what she says, man, I, I didn't tell a lie. <laughs> hey, listen, if, the fact that your mom is like, went through it with a fine tooth comb. It's good. It's going to be an amazing book for baseball fans, for blue Jay fans, for baseball fans. It's just going to be a wonderful, 
uh, book. And I do understand that you're also going to be doing an audio version of it up- upcoming. Uh, so uh, look for that book uh, wherever you get your, your books. It's called Gibby Tales of a Baseball Lifer. So that's going to be wonderful. Uh, and I know uh, all the fans out there, like last season, uh, love to ask you questions. And we're going to do that again this season coming up. Uh, we'll be taking your questions. Uh, if you want to ask Gibby a question, all you got to do is send an email to Show at gmail.com or use the Twitter hashtag AskGibby. And then beginning on our first episode, we'll, we'll answer some questions from some of the fans. And uh, I know that both you and the fans enjoy that interaction. So we got a, we got a great uh, season coming up. You know, hope springs eternal. And here we are. Baseball season starting. Yeah, you know that's why it's it's such a great game. You know, everybody looks forward to this, and you know it it's there's something going on every day. You know, you go out there and, and uh, yep. you know you, you come home from work and you look forward to it. You, all you got to do is plop down, get your Cole Miller light, man, watch a ball game on that's TV. Right. You know, and then the next I morning mean, get up and check the box scores. That's kind of that makes us all tick. You know, we both we've all enjoyed it, been in the game for a lot of years, and it just you know, like you said. This is a new year. You know, everybody there's optimism. Everybody thinks he's got a shot. Now, so most of them don't, but they're still thinking. But it's do. the beauty of it. It's the beauty of leaving yeah. spring training with, like, anything could happen. Any team, every team is a contender when that season starts. And we're going to be covering all of it right here. And with our sponsor, Miller Lite, uh, we're going to have a fabulous, fabulous baseball season john so uh we'll be back next week and uh it's a pleasure to be back here once again with you this is going to wrap up the 2023 gibby show podcast preview for john gibbons i'm john arezzi we'll talk more baseball with you next week on the season premiere of the gibby show have a great week everybody and go blue jays